All I know is whenever I hear the name Ben Netanyahu, I mean, it sounds like a good name, doesn't it? Ben Netanyahu will kill you. Um. Things. I went to a black barber and that's why I currently look like RD. Are you well? Welcome back to Pretendship. Um, things are going okay in the world now, aren't they? Well, not right now, but that, that's not something that we cover on this show. We don't do current affairs, so I shan't be talking about the Gaza. I can't even describe what it is I won't be talking about because I'm so ill-informed on... Uh, in, I'm not proud of it. It's an important matter, I'm sure, but I have fuck all... I, all I know is whenever I hear the name Ben Netanyahu, I mean, it sounds like a good name, doesn't it? Ben Netanyahu will kill you. Um, but yeah, aside from stuff like that, things are starting to open out in the UK, right? That is what's directly affecting your life. So don't pretend that that's not what's, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, genuinely, rel- relative to our normal lives, that is actually having a bigger impact on us, isn't it? Which is, I mean, that's sad. That, <laughs> well, no, that's good. That's happy that it's that we're not, every uh, awful thing in the world isn't having an, a big effect on us. Um, things are starting to open up. Gyms, bars, that has been just <sighs> so impactful on uh, on my happiness, my overall vibe, 100%. Um, like, I didn't even know the gym had opened, you know, like, I, I went, wait a minute, didn't the gym open this week? And then got straight back in there, and it's, dude, it's brutal. My gym is up by the McVitie's factory, so all the Jaffa cakes and, I mean, there's, like, the caramel digestives and stuff all get made just down the road at the McVitie's Stockport factory, so even at my house, sometimes you go outside on, on like the right day when the wind's right and you can smell biscuits. It's like incredible. And then all the way through the town, you can always it just, you're like, what's that smell? That smells really good. And you're like, the McVeigh's factory. And my gym's right across the road from it. So I always thought it was brutal. At my old gym, there'd be like a vending machine and a cafe, you know, just cooking fries and stuff right in the foyer. And I was like, what the fuck are you guys doing? This is savage. People coming right out of the gym and walking through that. I felt like a cartoon character, you know, when the pie's on the windowsill and then it, it, like, it grabs your nose, the, uh, the scent trails, and then you float through the air. That's what it feels like every time I leave the gym. But I feel on top of the world now that I've uh, gotten back in there and it, you forget, I think, how... Uh, critical it is to have a, a bit of a exercise regimen and I'm not the you know I'm not in shape even but I'm definitely not a yeah yeah fitspo guy like I don't do all that stuff I, I would just encourage people for how it feels it's like recommending a drug to to people that's free drugs if you get out get a sweat on do the gym thing for a little bit and I suppose there's no point trying to convince anyone because you're either you know, I don't believe in the gym. Oh, 
turtles never go to the gym and they live till 200 years old or you know one of these people that you meet um or you already do it or, or you know that you have to do it maybe you're like yeah i need to get back like you already know but you just struggle with the willpower but yeah it it's been fundamental in uh, uh and also the bars opening like yeah i, I didn't go out immediately because I, i was i felt like i was going to be uh overwhelmed like just spurging out you know uh, i went out just for exposure therapy on the monday that everything opened and was just wandering around you know edge street and thomas street in northern quarter i'm from manchester for those of you who are, uh, who are from outside of manchester which is just rammed with thousands of people drinking and uh, making merriment in the streets and i just was walking through like oh god goodness this is i mean this would be a bit much even if it was wasn't you know compared to the lockdown that immediately uh, preceded it why am i speaking like this such a weird it's like i'm always trying to show off that i know a different synonym for what i'm on about don't confuse big words with big meaning i've heard it said anyway uh, i went out to just feel the energy and the electricity in the air on on the monday and i was like I, i can do this yeah yeah this is this is really mint and then went out a few times since then and it's i know everyone's like oh it's getting back to normal but for me i'd and i'm sure this is true for a lot of you as well sort of forgotten who i am in a social context so you know you, you sort of know who you are with whoever you're living with or you you people that you see infrequently but um you know going out and and just being around new people and having and, and learning new things and and having interactions with um you know acquaintances or even strangers and who you become in that moment because i think you're different with everyone aren't you like you're not even there is no you that you know you you who you are on your own but that's no more real than who you are with a loved one or a stranger or um and it's nice to relearn who you are in in that social capacity um oh I've just loved it man it it was a hope that oh you know i feel happy again and i feel like i'm firing faster in my brain i can think quicker and um more positive types of thoughts are occurring to me even and that's who you are i think it's it's not the thoughts that you're having but um how you interpret them and and yeah if uh, what i'm saying is if you're not the thoughts you have in them what are you and and i think you can um you can uh, you can get off this topic Pete always diving in with uh, too cerebral just keep it oh billy eilish got a tits out on magazine cover she looks like a someone pointed out she looks like Killian Murphy in a dress on that cover <laughs> I can't unsee it now um yeah that was a mad one she was always um lauded you know held up as being very body positive and everyone was all excited about her because she wasn't pushing sex um obviously she was like quite young but i mean you you could easily have sexualized yourself for for money couldn't you um and she didn't do it which I think was good at like it made me really optimistic about the future of the music industry when Billie Eilish came out and I was like oh you can actually be good and and kids like it and I don't know 
it just made me think, oh, you know, it's not all, the best music isn't behind us, it's still, it's still coming. And then what made me laugh is she, you know, came of age and then got all, got her, the old milk bags out on, on the Vogue thing. And, uh, and there was a big pushback, loads of people like, oh, I can't believe it. I thought she was body positive and now she's just joining in and uh, perpetuating these uh, ideals. And, and I just thought, you were okay that she was um, doing what she wanted with her body before. And now she's doing what she wants with her body before. It's certainly not a money grab, is it? Like she's got infinite grands already. And now she just is older and she wants to be desired, I would imagine, as any of us do. And now you're like, oh, no, I don't like it. Do whatever you want with your body as long as it's, um, you know, what I approve of. And I don't know, it's, it's, it's mad. The, I don't know who's even saying, is it feminists saying it? Classic feminists action. Um, they all had something to say, didn't they, when, uh, what's Jenna's name now? Caitlyn Jenner um, was saying, oh, trans athletes shouldn't compete against, was it trans Trans women shouldn't compete against cisgender women. Is was that it? Um, and I thought that was fair. I, th I thought everyone that um, you know sort of lambasted her for coming out with that is just showing themselves up. Because if you care about equality and you care about women and stuff, it's not about putting everyone in the same boat. It's not about denying factual differences between the genders. It's about giving everyone the fairest shot and uh yeah i think throwing in women that have grown up with different hormonal um uh, i don't know different levels of m masculine hormones which affect your physiology in a big way it can affect your reaction time your skeletal structure you you know your muscle twitch fibers everything throwing them in with bio sex women or whatever you want to call them that's not fair, is it? It's not fair. Um, cancelled. Cancelled for that. Um, I don't know what else has been going on. Um, been uh, doing a few video projects as usual. Um, did one for a band called Bilk. I'll be doing a few more for them. Um, from Essex. Um, or somewhere around there, I think. Did a video for those guys, they posted it, and then Louis Tomlinson from fucking One Direction was like, yeah, Bilk, sick. And then overnight that video went like, I don't know. I don't know even how he's seen it, but he must have, yeah, it's, it's weird to think that he almost certainly saw that video that I made, and then tens of thousands of other people went and looked for it and saw it, and uh, I'm not saying that I caused that, but you know, if, if you're a band and you want uh, Zayn Malik to, uh, retweet your thing that you know it's again speaking of getting in touch with me a few people did send in some questions very kindly contributed some questions for me to get to uh, in a moment so um, very much appreciate that from you guys uh, because I'm floundering sometimes on these solo ones I'm trying to knock one out quick before um, I'll be in London right now because I recorded this a couple of days ago so as of when you see this, I'm hungover in a flat in London, having a wicked time, no doubt. Unless I'm dead, imagine if I'm dead. Um, shit, maybe if ever I'm like going away somewhere and I do a pod before it, I'll uh, issue my funeral uh, 
rules. What's the word for that? I don't know. I'd like for you to play Last Night a Passenger by Brandon Boyd, please. At my funeral. And everyone's got footwear colour because I don't want it to be sad. Um, yeah, did a couple of videos for, did a video for Jeremiah Ferrari. That, that should be dropping soon. Um, did an edit for Lucy Deakin. I would imagine that's come out a couple of days ago. Um, shouts to Luca Rudlin again on that one. Who's helping me on, helped me on the built video. Um, helped me on like the Jeremiah Ferrari video. Helped me on a lottery winners video that's about to drop. Um, so when I say help me, that's really undermining the role that he's had in, in the uh, in the jobs. This is a guy, director of photography, but he's bringing the gear. He's And it's not all gear, no idea. Like he brings concept, colour grader. This is, it's a good team I've made with this guy recently. Um, if you're watching Luca, uh, all right. But yeah, go and check out, go and check out, um, well, I mean, Luca, again, if you're watching, you won't mind me saying this. His website, peoplestaring.com. I mean, it looks good. It's, it's fairly corporate. And I think that's why we're a good team is he's got this, uh, you know, the producty value. And I'm, I'm like the edgy little video dealer guy. And then we make a good little unit. So I was going to suggest that you go and look out for his stuff, but it's not even on Instagram or anywhere. Like you'd have to be searching around for it, but I'm sure you'll become increasingly more acquainted with him as time goes on because we're looking to just keep doing videos together if you want to see any of those videos by the way i just made a playlist on this channel so i don't know how you go and find that shit but yeah there's like playlists for all the music guests all the comedy guests solo episodes that this episode will be on and um i've done shaolin pete music videos so videos that i've either directed or had a big hand in like writing and editing you know there's videos that didn't make it, that are like old. So if you're watching it and if you go and look at it and you're a band and you're like, where's our video? It doesn't mean that your video's uh, shit in my view or whatever. It, it might have been that I didn't have as big a hand in, in making that one. I did a video recently for C33s last week. Um, that was a real um, black job just thrown together, just lighting it with house lamps and shit, green screen, you know, just classic Shaolin spice all over it, just mad colours and, uh, you know, just plaster effects all over it, cover up the fact that there's nothing much in the way of um, compelling narrative or anything, but, I mean, that's my that's my groove in it, that's my niche. Um, I mean, I'll crack on with the uh, Q&A, some, some of the questions that I've been sent in kindly. I, d I didn't really like prepare too much on these ones. Um, I imagine as I read them, I'll be like, oh, I'd love to have a better answer for this one. Um, but I wanted to give, you know, immediate reactions rather than, you know what I mean? Like script it or something. Um, so first question from old Cali Black. If you're into looking at, you know, set of babby feeders, Go and check her out on Instagram. She's been on an episode before as well. Um, she asks, would you rather be able to speak to and understand all animals or speak every language? It's got to be the language thing because speaking to and understanding all animals, I mean, we effectively already do that. I mean, I know that people, no, I mean, speak to them, they speak back to you, but they can't speak. So I'd have to be 
altering all animals like this is and then what effect is that going to have if all animals have the ability to convey information through speech so we already do communicate them with them in like non-verbal ways and you know can attempt to understand them i don't think we understand them necessarily you know far less than other animals understand each other you know i don't think they have the cognition to really articulate thoughts per se do you, do you get what i'm saying so I think it'd just be a case of, you know, me speaking to a little squirrel and the, and just sort of try and get across to the squirrel that, oh, I'm going to get some, you know, chestnuts. you fancy coming? I don't know. Like, you're not going to have a conversation with any of them, is what I mean. <laughs> so I, I'm definitely choosing all languages on the planet. Um, that'd be insane. I mean, being able to speak one or two other languages well would just be... I mean, imagine the effect that would have on where you could travel, the types of people that you could interact with, the types of experiences that you could have, especially if it's a language, you know, not French or German, where those people probably speak English anyway, but if you're going to speak Mongolian or, you know, Botswana or something, you're just going to blow everyone's minds when you go over there and have an experience that no one you know has ever had where you're this Western guy turning up in these places. So, I mean, every single language... And I reckon I'm going to include in that, as I would you rather, English. I'm going to be able to speak English at a fucking top level. I'm going to be the, you know, the Russell brand of, of English as well. So imagine being able to easily articulate any thought that you had. Because some people struggle to speak English. Like, they, they like, what am I trying to say here? Like I often am in these solo episodes. Imagine you can just, the economy of words, you can just say whatever you want to say and Fucking seven words, just English and people are like, wow, you said that really well. I'd love that. Um, so thanks for that, that question. Kels, um, she did send in a few. Um, I imagine she wanted me to just pick pick one, but just for, for uh, brevity, I'm going to just crack on. Uncle Breeze. So this is Breezy of Rivet City, stand-up comedian, fan favourite on the pod. A, uh, a mainstay, if you go on, uh, you'll know him. If you watch this very much, you'll know who Breezy is. He asks, if you could watch your funeral, would you? If I could watch my funeral, so we talked about it before, didn't we? I wouldn't like to, no, because I think it'd be fixating on uh, the, uh, the idea of legacy. And of course, I have a curiosity, uh, you know, often fantasize about like oh imagine if I was severely ill and who would come and visit me and what you know and I mean it gets I'm embarrassed sometimes at the thoughts I have about this matter because I'll fantasize about that there's a documentary about me and, I, and I'm just watching my mum speak about well when he was young he used to does anyone do this as if I'm going to be famous for some fucking reason um, and I don't like I think that's a a not a good thing to indulge. I think you ought not to be um, concerning yourself too much with how other people are going to... Obviously, uh, uh, by you know, by the same measure, I, I do think people who are, I don't give a fuck, you shouldn't think, you shouldn't care what anyone else thinks of you. And I always say, no, I'm, I'm very interested in what other people think of me. And I... I think if you don't give a shit what other people think of you, then you're a psychopath, aren't you? You're just a maniac. Just, 
um, unswayed by how, because you're just one guy, you're going to trust one guy over all these other people. So I, I very much um, care about how I'm perceived and, you know, hope, I hope that, um, you know, I I'm, I'm, would have touched some lives at my funeral, you know, so get some eulogies on the scene. It'd be brutal to, uh, to watch it. And then, you know, people just go, oh, he was well mad. He was just well random. And uh, anyway, when we, do you know what I mean? And like some, as, as I reckon it's not going to satisfy anyone, their own funeral. It'd just be horrific to witness like, oh, is, is that all I am? Just this reductive um, description of me, you know, just made me into this 2D character. Because I've seen it happen at other people's funerals that I've been to where I'm like, you didn't know him. And also the people giving the eulogies are sort of only given a shade of what the person is. Um, you know, just sort of reducing them down to a couple of the key points that may have sort of loosely attributable to them and, and, and telling it like it's the whole story. So um, maybe that's me delusions of grandeur or something as if I deserve for everyone to weep for a week and, and talk all about me for, but I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, who even knows you that well? It's like the, the person that knows me best is my GF. And uh, you know, fundamentally people are unknowable in, you know, in a thorough sense, you, she can only know who I am when I'm with her and only know what, you know, things that we've, you know, she, I'm always saying things or uh, that I think or that I've done and she's like, oh, I didn't fucking know that or, you know, who knows you well enough to eulogise you properly. So I think it'd be, I'd be interested, but I uh, think it'd be uh, upsetting because I'd be like, oh, okay, no one, uh, no one rated. I thought I was... I thought I was this, but everyone seems to think I'm just this. I don't know. I got a, uh, a couple questions from Good Cans. That's it on IG, just Good Cans, all one word. You might like that. It is, yeah, you, I'll, I'll not say anymore. You just go and check that out. She asks a couple good questions. Um, I'll just choose one or two. Um, what do you miss most about being a kid? Um, you know what? I miss the ability to run indefinitely, tirelessly. Do you remember when you were, now we're all just like sort of out of shape, overweight adults now, just oh, my knees, my back. When you're a kid, you just, you can run at full tilt without, um, without limit. So that's pretty, that was good. I think hanging out every day without responsibility, you know, just the classic things that you'd expect someone to miss from being a kid. Um, you know, you took it for granted and I never want to be guilty of, um, you know, romanticizing the past when I think often people say, oh, I wish I could go back to being a kid when, you know, it's true that when you were a kid, you were probably afraid of a lot and, you know, there was bullies at school and you, uh, I don't know, fucking teenagers are always killing themselves, aren't they? Um, you know, it, it wasn't great being a kid, you know, even just being scared of the dark or depending on the age that we're talking about. So um, I definitely prefer this sort of age that I am now or, you know, at least twenties. And I just wish, you know, people had more free time to uh, just knock about and, you know, hang, hang out. I'm, I'm, that's what I miss from being a kid actually, is just unfettered access to all of my, uh, my friends. She asks, 
This is Good Cans again. What's your fight entrance song? Do you know what? I actually, I've already thought of this before. I'll see if I can find it mega quick. This is for if I'm in WWE though. So this isn't for... Um, this isn't for if I'm in like MMA. I don't know what I'd choose it because you can't go as goofy if it's MMA. Or maybe you can't. I don't know. It's, it's just a different game in it. Um, but yeah, if it's WWE, you sort of want something where it can announce that you come in rather than just like the song's playing and you're strolling out and everyone's like, here he comes. And people skip through it to get to the fight. In wrestling, you know, people are in the ring going, I told you if you... And then it's like, Psh! and then they look and you're coming. That's what That's what we're talking about. And I would have a track called The Butchers by Feed the Rhino. Let me see if I can cue it up the place that I have in mind. One sec. So this is how it'd go. It come on, you know, it, it's got a little, you have to choose something that's got, it can't just begin, it has to have a noise or, you know, like a quote, like, can you smell? And then everyone goes, wah, and then the music drops. And then when the music drops, that's when you strut out. This is, this is the one I'd, I'd pick. Gotta be. I might include that little this part. Maybe some smash glass, a bomb going off. Sorry to those of you that don't don't go in for that sort of thing. Um, but thanks very much for that question. Um, <laughs> I have a question from Elliot Rag. Elliot is mint with a Z on IG. Colin Farrell or Colin Firth? You know, it, it depends. Personally, for me, Colin Firth is somewhat, um, you know, I don't, don't really get it. Good actor, you know, a, a single man. <laughs> King's Speech, which I can't watch because one time... I was uh, super high and high in like a, you know, it's not just, and everyone's been high and it's just been an ordeal for a few hours, but I was high like tripping. I think maybe it was space cakes or I think smoked a blunt after I've been drinking or, you know, what one of the ways in which you can get high and it become like, oh, I've permanently broken my brain. Oh, cool. And I'm trying to watch it and it's so melodramatic where it's just, you know, these creeping in tracking camp you know like zoom just push it and it's all symmetrical architecture and, and the shots are just like beautiful shots but that just adds to the the heaviness of it you know i'm just like oh god this is a bit much you know it's just everything looks like i don't know godly or something <laughs> um and yeah there's that i've told it before on the pod but um there's the end bit where He's having to give, if you've not seen King's speech, um, Firth is having to give the King's speech and he's got a stutter and it's the whole film's been about him trying to overcome that and get to the point where he can address the nation as the King without like just going, uh, 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 
so there's this way that he's written it down with a you know just dashes between it so he goes if ever this country needed and he just takes a little pause but it's just like makes it even more slower and melodramatic and, and intense and it's zooming in on his mouth close up and it's zooming into all these people at home watching on the radio and zooming into a crowd re- listening to it and and I couldn't even understand what he was saying because I was so gone so all I'm hearing is just and it's just zooming in and the music's swelling and I was just like oh my God, I'm going to faint this is well too much um, so I can't watch him anymore and I mean, you can't fuck with Farrell. One of the best looking guys in the world, right? Um, yeah, so I'm going Farrell. Um, Bastian, um, yeah, I don't want to attempt to pronounce his whole name. My, my G from, uh, it's got to be Europe, and it? It's got to be, I'm going to say France? Belgium, perhaps? Most inspiring artist for you. You know, I don't necessarily um, take inspiration. I mean, it depends what what we're defining as artists. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of movie directors that really inspire because my art output tends to be you know music videos. So, and I, I mean, it doesn't behoove me to say this, but. I'm effectively just regurgitating things that I see in other music videos a lot of the time because it's just, um, you know, we're just marketing the band. It's an advert for the band, really, isn't it? So you have to identify current trends a little bit as as well as, you know, coming up with a an original concept some of the time and, and trying to come up with a creative solution for some of the problems with, in my case, a lot of the time, budget or... Um, but yeah, I'm effectively just absorbing what I see in other music videos and then just like recombobulating it back out. Um, things that inspire me to do something else often can be, you know, a Tarantino or, a, you know, a David Fincher where I'm seeing it and going, I, I want to write a film. So that that's by definition inspiring me, isn't it? Um, I'll just never ever get around to that. Um, I'm not really inspired very much by artists, unfortunately. Um, I wish I felt inspiration more often. We have Robbie Turner. Um, I, hope, I hope I fucking remembered your name right then, man. Your last name. I know it's RJT. I'm sure it's Turner. That'll be brutal. He's, you always send very kind messages to me as well. <laughs> and then I'm just like, fucking Robert, fucking Rogie something. Um, any pivotal slash life-changing moments or funny stories from school? So that's sort of a twofer there. Um, pivotal life-changing moments. Again, back with video, I would say um, maybe when I saw Samsara, if any of you have seen that, I think it's 2011. Um, Ron Frick and another guy. Um, you might have heard or you'll have seen parodied and pastiched um, a film from the 80s called Koyana Skatsi, like Simpsons have done it and you, you'll have seen things pay homage to that and there's a, a more recent version of that called Samsara and it's really, uh, really uh, pretentiously called a or referred to by the directors as like a guided meditation film but it's ostensibly a documentary 
but without any narr- uh, any clear narrative and no voiceover to help spoon feed it to you. But you can see it's easy to discern the uh, thematic sort of through lines as you watch it, but it's just an hour and a half of fucking incredible photography. I cannot recommend it enough. It's, it's ridiculous. The level, like it's, it holds up today and it's 10 years later, easily. And I remember seeing that and just being blown away. And it, I felt like it, it made me, um, I don't know, it wasn't life changing. Maybe that's a bit, a bit much. Um, what was the other question? Um, any funny stories from school? You know, yeah, there's loads. But I'll tell you what, I'm going to save them because next week I have, this is the reveal for who I'm having on next week, the Derby brothers, the Derby twins, who are, who both went to my high school. So there will be, without a doubt, some funny stories told from school on next week's episode. So definitely check that out. Um, but now that I mentioned them, there was a, a moment that was pivotal and life-changing and it involves Chris Darby, the elder, the elder, the oldest brother. Um, he just, for no reason, just in the, like, wasn't anywhere near my birthday or anything, just bought me um, an Incubus DVD, like a live DVD called Look Alive. Um, and it's just, you know, as you might see with any band, uh, like a, it's the world tour with a bit of behind the scenes and stuff. And it was so fucking well done. Just, it's live footage of them, but sometimes footage from different locations on the planet all on one track and they'll, they'll switch between it. Um, then sort of really artistically, but not in a, not like Samsara, not like pretentiously an arty farty, you know, just like really fucking well done, um, well edited behind the scenes in between stuff of them just like chilling and going do, doing stuff in the country before they gig or after they finish the show. And then, and for which the band have done like instrumental music inspired by the location to put over the top of those scenes. And it was just, I remember seeing it and going, knowing for certain in that moment, like, oh, I'm gonna do music videos, actually. That's what I'm definitely gonna do. And so we were at college at the time I was doing music so I was doing vocals was my instrument and I had no idea what I was going to do. I was like, oh, I'll just fucking do this. Um, and I'd already dropped out of college a couple of years before from Pendleton. So this was at Wigan and Lee that I went back and I had no idea what I was doing with my life. And we watched this thing and I knew with complete conviction in my little art, in that moment, I was like, I'm going to do this, this medium can make people feel a way that I want to make people feel. And I think even just by virtue of understanding some of the tick boxes that were being checked within the edit and within the production side of it and sort of being able to break it down and analyse like, oh yeah, so I get that that is why this is good and that's what they're doing here, I thought. You know, I've probably got a a propensity for this. This is something I can do in music because I love music, but I'm not really like gifted musically. I can't play anything like... I could sing okay in the past before the accident. Um, but you know, I, was, I wasn't like some, I, could, I was probably never gonna sing in a band. So it, it means that I can utilize any music in me, which, you know, I've, I've got some musical um, 
I don't know, energy in me. Some there's some rhythm in there, and and you know, it's it's musical to edit things and to make a video. You have to be able to describe the visuals musically. Like you have to see things and marry that together with something. And and I hadn't really noticed it done well before I watched this DVD. And I was like, oh, when things happen, they're showing the exact right thing to describe what this, um, you know, sounds like. And I don't know if you're understanding what I'm on about, but I saw this thing that Darby got me and I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to make music videos. That's what I'm going to do. So shouts to Darbs and uh, catch him and Daz King of Men on next week's episode. Daz King of Men, not his real name. That's what I call him from school. That'd be ridiculous if it was his real name. Um, let me let me say on behalf of my missus, who is a Starbucks barista, by the way, when you come in to Starbucks and you've got a fucking made up name, don't be saying it as if everyone knows how to spell that. Oh, my name's Amsaj. And then, and then they go, what, how do you spell? And they're just like, oh, the normal way. And it's like, you know that you, you grew up as you, didn't you? And you know everyone asks you that. You know your name's weird. Just because you know how to spell it doesn't mean everyone knows how to spell it. And then people, I mean, it's even more infuriating when someone's like, oh, it's Brittany, but it's B. So B-E-H, Brittany, and it's a triple T, and then five E's at the end, and then a Q, but the Q side. Like, just nonsense names. And oftentimes, it's not even a real name with an alternate spelling. It's just a fucking made-up name. And people coming in, getting angry for her. Because she's too lovely for say. But if you go in there with your fucking made-up name, in your life, you know, don't you? You know if your name's ridiculous. So say it. When you say your name, even I do it on the phone. I, my name, my last name's Hall, right? So people, uh, what's your last name? I go Hall, H-A-L-L. Well, well, what I really do is I go H-A-L-L, and I try and get away with that, but I go H-A-L-L, Hall. Because it's just easy, because what they, they're like, how, Paul, what is it, Hoff? So you just help them out. So don't be coming, and that Hall's a really common name. It's like top 15 names in the Northwest, at least. I'm sure in the UK, it's in like top 30 or something you've got a made-up name you spell that out and recognize and acknowledge that it's a fucking ridiculous name adam lee that's adam frith of uh is it called friend party i think he's friend party studios i think i got that right animator he asks if you were in charge of the world for the rest of your life what would you do well i'd sort out the gaza thing for a start i think Asking me that is like, there's a track on uh, Tenacious D's first album. I think it was the first album, you know, with Tribute and that on it and Karate and Cock Push-Ups and stuff, where it's it's called, I think it's on City Hall and, uh, you know, First Decree, there'll be no more rich people and poor people. And uh, it, if you know that or you listen to it, that's what it'd be like asking me what to do with the world because you need to have a thorough and detailed complex understanding of disparate economies all over the planet and and you have to be a genius level anthropologist genius level you know scientist you've got to be the smartest guy in the world if i was in charge of the world but you can't even shirk that responsibility and go i don't want it and give it to someone else because now you're responsible indirectly for whatever happens so i think i'd have to try and step up and 
educate myself on all matters 24-7 for the rest of my life and just do my very best and I'd at least and, and just wait for that day when uh, the, you know the podcast clips start dropping of me saying horrific shit and I get cancelled off and before that time I'm trying to do the very best that I can but yeah that that's an issue the one and he's like the people will travel in tubes start working on the tube technology and uh, but yeah he's like no more rich people or poor people which I always thought was funny like they, they reference it it's like the joke in the song but you know that's always the ideal like stoner thing like why is there rich and poor everyone should just start and it's like how are you gonna sort that do you know what I mean? Like you, I mean, yeah, it's not going to happen. I'm getting a phone call. Fuck off. Sorry, man. Sorry that I fucked you off. Um, the guitar surgeon, Johnny Yule, the guitar surgeon. He's had enough shouts out on this pod, always telling everyone to go and get guitar work off him. Don't even. He'll mess it up. He won't mess it up. He's meant at it. The guitar surgeon, go and check him out. He asks, would you rather get eaten by a wolf or would you rather eat a live wolf? And if you don't finish eating the whole thing or you throw up during the meal, you die anyway. It's a fully grown wolf. He makes clear at the end. I'm not going to manage it, am I? I bet wolf tastes like shit as well. And there's so much food, like not in one sitting, it's not possible to consume in one sitting. So what am I doing? I'm freezing it and then that'd be pretty cool. If I can just chip away at it all year. Because there's, I mean, even if that's consecutive meals, I don't mind doing that. Little broccoli, some, some you know, some uh, some little baby, what are they called? New potatoes. Um, yeah, if I can cook it. But if I have to, did he say a live wolf? Eat a live wolf. It's impossible. You can't consume an entire fucking live wolf. Um, so I'm going to have to opt to be eaten by him. <laughs> you know, I very nearly called this show a different name that it's just reminded me of. And for a long time, I was rolling with this brand in and it, it was sort of, sort of still similar, still treehouse and still woods. and But it wasn't going to be boat or ship shaped and the whoo at the start was going to be a wolf instead of the ocarina and god knows why i was going to call it this but it was going to be called wolf tickets that's it just wolf tickets podcast i fucking dodged a bullet there ludicrous name and it was going to be like uh you know the disney sort of like was there like an evil wolf guy from like the three pigs, the old Looney Tunes thing? I don't know, some like animated wolf logo, like a, uh, what was it called? Rubber hose animation, you know, like Cuphead the game. It was going to be that style thing. Maybe it's cool, wolf tickets. Sell you some wolf tickets. Um, I have a question. Other prints shop. Other prints shop. Um, clearly a fan of the old lot wins there asks shag marry kill tom rob and joe and then she puts soz kate shag marry kill tom rob and joe i'm going to i'm gonna say i will marry joe the drummer because i think we'll have a nice life together 
and he's the most, uh, I don't know, I feel like he's the most just chilled. I mean, he gets hammered a lot, but I feel like I'll have no ups and downs and mad madness. It'll just be like reliable, solid husband. Joe's my marriage. I'm going to, I'm going to shag Tom probably <laughs> because it'll just be a mad time, won't it? I've got to choose between Tom and Rob and uh, I think I'll, I don't know. I don't know which one do I want to kill. I feel like I'll be putting Rob out of his misery if I kill him because he's in like pain all the time. He's like physically infirm. But I mean, Tom's not a, a uh, you know, in the prime of his life. You won't mind me saying if you're watching, man. So I think... I think if I put it to them, which one of you wants shagging and which one of you wants killing, I think Tom fancies me more than Rob, so he, he'll enjoy the shagging better, and I think Rob will take the uh, the kill. I think he'll opt, he'll ask for it if it comes down to it. Will he, will he vote for himself? I don't know. It's a weird question. Thanks, though. Thanks for it. Um, yeah, last question, I think. Um... If you could meet one famous... This is from Jordan with three Ds. Triple D, Jordan. Jordan Kelly. You know Jordan Kelly. Hagfold Hammer, JK Blade. If you could meet one famous person, past or present for a day, who you choose? And what would you get up to? If you could meet one famous person... Oh, I have an extra question. Shit, let me get that. Um, if I could meet a famous person, alive or dead, did he say? And then what am I going to get up to? Um, man. Oh, that's a tough one. Alive or dead? Was it alive or dead? Famous, though. Terrible podcasting. Dead air. Famous person, past or present. Um, you know, and then what am I going to do? I think I'd meet Darren Brown. Right? Um, you know, get him to uh, forget things that I want to forget. That's the main one. So just on a selfish thing, to be, I'd be like, hey man, scrub my memories, please. Um, you know, just hurting people and cheating on girls and stuff. Just things that you uh, lose sleep over. Um, but yeah, just like pick his brain and just like learn about him and learn about people and, and just let him do a bit of his stuff on me. I'd have to have a chaperone to make sure that he didn't hypnotise me to suck him off. Um, yeah, it's got to be Darren Brown. I think that's a good enough answer, isn't it? Um, now the very last question comes from Megan Halliday. Megan Louise Halliday, which is an anagram for, um, was it huge Himalayan dollies? which I thought was funny because she does have the huge Himalayan dollies. She asks, she asked a couple things. So I, I guess I'll pick one. Something people seem to un misunderstand about you. Um, give, no one gives a fuck about that. <laughs> this is a funny one. Should women be allowed to breastfeed in public? Um, should they be allowed to? Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's not no big deal. It's 
weird when someone does. It's just like so unusual to never see tits or like tits to be sexualized. And they are a sexual, they are a sexual part of the body, you know, that you can tip someone up to orgasm with some chicks, right? So it's something that you would fucking pay to see on OnlyFans or, you know, you type in tits and wank off over a tit. You know what I mean? Like it's a sexual thing. And then it's all of a sudden not a sexual thing and it's just out and it's just this fucking babby feeder and it, it's a mad thing. You know what I mean? If you fed your kid by, you know, your little baby has to drink milk out of your knob or something, it'd just be absolutely preposterous. So it it's always crazy, you know, when you see someone, you go, oh, yep, that's fine, that's fine. Oh, you just sort of can't, you know, you want to look away, but then you sort of want to check out what, what sort of areola they're rocking maybe. But yeah, you need to feed your kid. So I can't see any reason why you shouldn't be allowed to just do it. Maybe some people's argument is like, I don't know, kids are going to see, but kids should be able to, everyone should be able to see it. Like it's natural. And that's the bottom line. Because uh, Charlie and Pete said so. Um, that's it. That's it. I hope you had a good one. Um, yeah, watch out for next week's episode. And then got some more coming up in that, you know, booked in. Uh, hope you're all having a good time. Thanks very much for joining me again. Um, and I'll catch you on next week's episode. Oh, and also, if you see, uh, if anyone sees... Liam Marland, he owes my mate JB a hundred quid. Hiss! <laughs>